0: I'm Austin. And I'm Joe from Pop Cast. a podcast member of the Gonna Geek Network. Just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at GonnaGeekNetwork.com. And get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to legitmtg.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow! Free shipping at legitmtg.com, that's amazing! You heard that right, Zoe free shipping at legitmtg.com with any order over two dollars or more be sure to visit today and get the best deal on magic singles and magic sealed product available wow that's amazing so your father is a nerd unfortunately there's no player's guide to raising a family but this podcast is meant to be a family's guide to nerdism Join us, Alec and Zuby, as we go in-depth as to what it's like to raising a family of nerdlings and the adventures and hardships of fatherhood. We dive deep into our favorite nerd topics and talk to you about how it's related to raising a family. You can find So Your Father's a Nerd on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Man, I wish there were others who like retro video games like me. Did I hear someone say retro video games? I heard it too, Matt. Well, if you're a fan of retro video games as well as gaming in general, you need to listen to the VCR Gaming Podcast. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Oh God, my house. Uh. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. Today we have got a lot of magic topics to cover as well as some D&D topics to cover and at the end of the show we've got a Q&A section which I'm going to try to implement. Now I know before, god how long ago was it? Probably like 30 episodes ago I was trying to do like question of the week. And all that stuff where it was kind of not kind of like a Q&A where I just came up with a question and wanted people to answer it. But I figured, you know, let's actually do a real Q&A session where, you know, anybody from the audience can ask me questions and then I'll answer them. You know, I, I figure that'd be pretty fun. Um, Malay said that'll be at the end of the show. But before we get into it, I, I'm, I'm actually... I'm actually thinking about this and I'm kind of being serious about it, but kind of not. But almost like I want to do it is I'm thinking of a magic musical that I want to sort of create, which the the, uh, none of the songs would be really original songs. It would be all parody songs because I did that Nickel Bolas Be Prepared song. And this song that you're about to hear is going to be. On, on the quote-unquote musical as well it was a rendition of beauty and the beast be our guest but you know parodied around with magic the gathering so i figured you know i had a lot of fun making this i and i actually took way longer you know basically writing the lyrics of this song which took me a little bit longer because i i know i could have easily just done you know some crappy magic stuff here and all that no but i really wanted to write out the lyrics and have it somewhat related to you know magic the gathering and i felt like it was a decent job but i mean i guess enough of me talking about it let's actually hear the song because i'm sure that's what you all want to hear me singing fantastically which not really um so here it is here is magic with play our game too. it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now, we invite you to relax. Let us pull up a chair, as the gaming room proudly presents. Magic the Gathering. Play how game, play our game, put your strategy to the test. Get the playmat and the deck box out and we'll provide the rest. Count to spells and big bombs and please forgive the smell. Try some legacy, it's expensive, ask the players, they're apprehensive. They can sling, they can cast. After all, this game's a blast, and commander here is never second best. Go on, unfold your play mat, get your deck box, then you'll play our game. We all game, play our game. So, Sorceries, enchantments, planeswalkers represent. We'll prepare and sling with flair A gamer's cabaret You're alone and you're scared But the draft pod's all prepared No one's gloomy or complaining While the owner's entertaining We tell jokes, I do tricks With my fellow derelicts And it's all in perfect taste that you can bet Come on and lift your mat You've won your own free pass To play our game If you're not lame It's magic casting we suggest Play our game Play our game Play our game game. game. Life is so unnerving For a gamer who's not observing He's not whole without a game to look upon Ah those good old days when we had time Hey fanboy Brian Suddenly those good old days are gone Too long we've been rusting Needing so much more than adjusting Needing exercise, a chance to use our skills Most days we just lay around the game store Flabby, fat and lazy, you walked in and oops-a-daisy It's a game, it's a game, Sakes alive, well I'll be lame Pod's been formed and thank the lord I've had the playmats freshly pressed Afterwards, they'll want E, D, E, H, that's fine with me While the players do their choosing, I'll be plotting, I'll be brewing I will form a big board. Heaven's sakes, is that a sword? Clean it up, we want the patrons impressed. We've got a lot to do. Is it one game or two? We'll play our game, 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 play our game. Your commander's kind of lame. It's been years since we've had anybody here, and we're obsessed with your deck, with your drugs. Yes indeed, this is witchcraft. While the candle light's still glowing, let us help you, we'll keep going. Game by game, one by one, till you shout, enough I'm done. Then we'll play some magic until you digress. Tonight you'll prop your feet up, but for now let's beat up. Play our game, play our game, play our game, game. please play our game. so I, I hoped you all really liked that song it was um a lot of fun i i'm having just a lot of fun doing it i mean i know i'm not the greatest singer i'm really bad at singing but it's just it's a lot of fun doing it and i've already got the next song in mind that i want to do and i don't even know if i'm gonna be the one singing it Ooh, little hint I, i'll have more details as i flesh them out but um i've already started to come up with lyrics for the next one and it Pretty much, they're all going to be Disney songs. It's because one, this is a Disney house, uh, according to my wife, and my kids all love Disney. So yeah, it's it's going to definitely be Magic the Gathering themed, and I already have some ideas. I mean, pretty much when the this whole magic musical, you know, popped up in my head. You know, it's, I just started instantly thinking of more songs that I want to do. And this next song, I can't wait to start writing the parody lyrics for it. So there's that. um, So that song, um, like I said, it took me a while to come up with the lyrics and. It's, it was just more of not having enough time to do it. And then when I just said like, all right, I'm just going to sit down and get this done. And, you know, as soon as I started to come up with the lyrics, you know, just started coming and the recording, I recorded that. Like, I don't know how many times until I liked it and felt like I got the right one. But, um, no, like I said, I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, let me know what you think. Um, you, you know, write me an email, shoot me a text on Twitter, DM me, whatever, all that good stuff. But all right let's get into some magic shenanigans that has been going on lately um so what kind of magic have i been up to and playing i have so all right so i hung out with butler from vcr gaming and we decide instead of going to fnm that night i decided to go hang out at his house you know play some video games and i brought some magic now he's not a hardcore magic player like i am which I guess he would call me hardcore or whatever. But he 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 knows the basic rules of the game. He's not in tune with all the finer intricacies of magic and a lot of the lesser known rules that casual players wouldn't really know off the top of their head. You know, people who are ingrained in magic like like we are and my listeners, it's we take a lot of these little rules interactions for granted that when a casual, then when we play against a casual player, you know, we think we're doing something that's not complicated or something. Then they're looking, like, and they're like, whoa, okay. Is that legal for you to do? So I brought, I brought two constructed decks just so we could play some quick games of magic. And those constructed decks were modern elves and legacy elves. And let's just say, those were probably the best decks to bring that I had because the only other decks I had were control decks and playing control versus control is not very fun as I'm sure many of you know what that's like. And, um, so when, Oh, what was it? I gave him the modern elves first because modern elves, you know, compared modern to legacy, modern elves is way easier to play Compared to Legacy Elves, Legacy Elves has some little finer, uh, I I guess it's just a little bit harder to understand uh, uh, when you look at it. Even though both games have pretty much the same game plan. Um, So when I showed them some of the little things you could do with Legacy Elves, you know, where it's like, oh, look, turn two, I just throw up my hand and throw up half my deck. And he's just like, and th- this is where the whole, you know, where we as magic players take things for granted, you know, for the little finer things of magic where he was just like, well, how'd you do that? So I had to show him, you know, hey, I played glimpse of nature, then just, you know, then played a heritage druid and just kept on drawing cards and then was able to tap elves for mana. It was, um, it was just a lot of fun, um, you know, and just. And then you, we would switch decks because he, he would think legacy elves is better, which it is better than modern elves. But then I would just show him what modern elves could do where, you know, with collected company and shaman of the pack and, you know, court of calling and all that good stuff. So um, it, it, it was we had a good time and that was a lot of fun. So then on Saturday, I got to hung out or hung out. I hung out with my good buddy George and his son his son's a magic player I've talked about them on the podcast before Um, the last time I mentioned them was when George and I did the two headed giant and we won first place and um, so I got to George and I had some fun EDH games before I I don't want to get into cube yet because then I'm going to go into my whole cube spiel of what changes I've done to my cube and um, so we had a crazy game of EDH happen which, oh, God, this is what I love about EDH. This is what I love about magic in general. Um, so, EDH game goes, uh, his son's playing Doran, you know, big butts. And um, I was playing Munda allies, which is just Boros allies. And he's playing my Krufix deck. And my Krufix deck is pretty um, degenerate. It's, I'm, well, it's not really that degenerate. I mean, if it's left alone and you're not stopping Krufix with his shenanigans, he gets really out of control. So with us playing Doran Big Butts and Boros, you know, his son playing Doran and I'm playing Munda Allies, we didn't really have ways to stop George of for what he was doing. You know, he and he built up a very gigantic board and at one point he he had out. oh god, Desolation Twins, some other Eldrazi, and then and then he got Hydra Broodmaster out. And if you don't remember what Hydra Broodmaster does, it's basically a big, you know, screw you and commander if left alone. Especially when it comes to Crufix, since Crufix can save up so much mana. So, in case you forgot what Hydra Broodmaster does, it is a four colorless, two green Hydra creature, a 7 7. And Okay, so that's not that bad, right? Just a 7-7 seven, seven for 7. Alright, not bad. But it has monstrosity X, where it's double X in a green, and when Hydra Broodmaster becomes monstrous, put XXX X, X green Hydra creature tokens on the battlefield. He had like 70 mana saved up and created, what? Oh, I mean, no, not 70, but was it like 60 mana or something and created and pumped up Hydro Broodmaster to thirty-seven or something. He, I forget how much it was exactly, but he pumped up Hydra Broodmaster to exactly thirty power or thirty-two power, something like that, and created thirty-something Hydro tokens. You know, just everyday, everyday average things that Krufix can do. So here, his son and I were like thinking, "Oh crap, we're screwed." But the previous turn, so he. He played that card. Of course, they didn't have haste or anything. So when it came back to my turn, I top decked a really good card. Really, really good card. And that card is Arc Bond. Arc Bond. That card is fantastic in magic. So, especially in EDH games when things get a little bit ridiculous. It almost killed all of us, but luckily. Um, Crap, did no, it didn't kill George, it didn't kill any of us, but it did wipe George's board and everybody else's board. So Arc Bond is a two colorless red instant. It is it reads it is a rare from Fate Reforged. It's probably super duper cheap. Like it's gotta be less than a dollar, like less than fifty cents, probably. Choose target creature. Whenever that creature is dealt damage this turn, it deals that much damage to each other creature and each player. So george decided to be really nice to his son and swing all out towards his son because he then wanted to deal with me on the next turn so his son was like all right i just take the damage and die i'm like no wait 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 boy wait boy you you gotta wait and so i was like all right before you know you declare attacks and then okay you all right now we go into blockers phase boom cast arc bond on one of his son's creatures and just wipes the board entirely that it was just George was like well well shit <laughs> it was just one of those like well I guess I can't do anything now and so it wiped George's board except for Ulamog and Krufix, of course and then it got us all down to like seven life or something like that we were all really really low on life but luckily I was able to and since I had fervor out they gave all my creatures haste I was able to get a creature out and that um had some stupid ally shenanigans and just kill them on my next turn and it was just um it was pretty fun pretty fun but um we did play some cube and it was the first time playing cube with people that actually know how to play magic which was a really big change Um, Not that because when I played with my daughter and wife before, they know, like I say, they know the basics of magic. And as I was saying before, we really take for granted the finer intricacies of magic. And it was the first time really playing with people who know those finer intricacies of magic when it came to cube. And I, so we did three person sealed and just did a free for all type thing in our cube. And His son built like a red-black aggro burn deck, which was just really low to the ground and just going to kill you and burn you off quickly. Uh, George built a Naya ramp deck. And as I've mentioned many times before in this podcast, white is just ridiculously overpowered. And I'm working on correcting that with the next 180 cards that I will be adding. And I'm, I'm just still working on it slowly, but I have made some changes. ...to some of the other colors that should hopefully help balance it out, which I will talk about after these games here in a second. And then I built a Grixis zombie-ish recursion deck, and I gotta say, that was a lot more fun than I thought. Um, So, game one was over pretty quickly in our free-for-all sealed cube battle. Uh, George got out Transcendent Master super quick. And if you're not familiar with what Transcendent Master does... It is a 1 colorless, 2 white, human cleric avatar creature, Mythic Rare from World Wake. And it is one of those level up creatures. It starts off as a 3-3. Not too bad, right? 3-3. Three, three. So since it's a level up creature, it only costs 1 generic mana to level up. And once you get it to level 6, it becomes a 6-6 six, six with lifelink. That's... Uh, okay. So since he's a ramp deck, he would level it up really quickly. And then of course he would get it up to level 12 really quickly and in the first game I had none of my removal like I didn't have anything and his son already burned all his um, burn spells on me super early in the game because he he was really close taking me out and then George then got Thalia out and some other ridiculous creatures and killed us pretty quickly so that was game one game two went on for almost an hour (laughs) It was just a ridiculous game. It kept going back and forth between all three of us. At one point, it looked like his son was going to win. Then I would wipe the board. And then it looked like George was going to win. And then his son would wipe the board. And then it looked like I was going to win. Then George would wipe the board. You know, it would just go back and forth. Um, One of the best plays that I made was um, I had select for inspection out or in my hand select for inspection is actually a pretty nifty card from Kaladesh, a one blue instant return target tap creature to its owner's hand, scry one. And it doesn't sound that great, but in cube and especially when you've got a really big creature coming at you, that card is a godsend. (laughs) Let me tell you what. So George had, a stupid board of transcendent master leveled up to 12 and thalia out and i had select for inspection and torrential gear hulk in my hand and i had enough mana to be able to cast them both so he goes to declare attacks i tap first tap one blue for select for inspection and i target thalia out because i don't want torrential gear hulk coming in tapped and so then Then, after that resolves, I then cast Torrential Gearhulk, targeting Slick for Inspection, targeting his Transcendent Master, boom, and just eventually take the win from there. And I gotta say, Torrential Gearhulk was the all-star for that deck. And plus, since I built my deck kind of recursion-esque, where he would... You know, someone would kill my torrential gear hog, like, oh, I'm just going to get it back from my graveyard and be like, yeah, you guys can't do anything. And since none of them were playing blue, I was the only one with counter spells to be able to, you know, stop them from their shenanigans. But it was a lot of fun. Like I said, that game went on for almost an hour and I won barely, barely won. I like squeaked in like an inch. It it was just a lot of fun. So after playing that and actually really getting to see the cube in action, especially with more than two people, myself and my wife or my kid, it was um, time to go back to the drawing board to the original 360 cards that I have. And I'll put a link in the description in the show notes for the cube list that I have right now. And um, so... I updated, I only really messed with three of the colors. I messed with, oh, well, now that I look at it, I, I messed with the Grixis colors, the ones that I played the most, um, blue, black, and red. And that's not, I, I don't want to say that wasn't on purpose. It's more of because I'm trying, white as it stands right now is so powerful in my cube. I'm really trying to, I don't want to lower the power level of it because it's still such a fun color to play. So I'm trying to up the power level of the other colors to, you know, sort of battle that power level struggle and um, playing last weekend with George and his son showed me that white is still really good, but the other colors still have their own merits they still have their own ways of being just as good as white as long as you get the cards and play the cards correctly um, as usual with any magic game so uh the cards that i removed the cards I removed from blue was Wind Drake, which is 2 and a blue, 2-2 two, two flyer. Uh, Phantom Monster, which is 3 and a blue, 3-3 three, three flyer. And Dissipate, which is the counter spell, which exiles the spell when you counter it. And then I got rid of three lands, which are the Urzatron lands. They just didn't seem to be doing anybody any really good. And it's so rare that you're ever going to get Tron activated, too. Um, then I got rid of Triska Decaphobia, which is the, you know, each player with exactly 13 life loses the game. Then each player lose, gains one life or, you know, whichever it is. And then Goldforged Sentinel, which costs six generic and it's a 4-4. And then the two red cards I got rid of were, were Explosive Impact. Which is five and a red impact impl- e- bleh, explosive impact does five damage to target creature or player, and I also got rid of spreading flames, which deals six damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures. So, those are the cards I got rid of. The ones I put in for blue to replace Wind Drake, I put in this card from Hour of Devastation that I really really liked, that if, especially from Two Headed Giant. And that's Aerial Guide, which is two and a blue. Creature, a Drake creature that's a two-two, but it has the added benefit of whenever Aerial Guide attacks another target, attacking creature gains flying until end of turn. And as a lot of us know that do play a lot of limited, flying is very, very good in limited. It's one of the best things that a creature can have in limited. Um, so that replaced the Wind Drake, and I thought, you know, it is a Wind Drake, but with an upside. And so what I replaced the Phantom Monster with is Avon Reed Stalker, which is three in a blue creature bird warrior. It has flash and flying. It is a 2-3. It is weaker than the Phantom Monster, but the flash is a better upside to it. At least that's how I feel. So what did I replace Dissipate with? So when I am making this cube, I try to keep a balance of creatures and instants and sorceries and enchantments that try to keep it balanced like an even number so it's not like i'm gonna take out an instant and replace it with an enchantment or something like that no so i replaced dissipate with supreme will from hour of devastation which is an instant it's actually turned out to be pretty damn good you choose one you counter target spell unless it's controller pace three which is a mana leak or you look at the top four cards of your library, put one of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. And I figured, you know, the, the counter spell is still good. It's a mana leak, but it's not as good as just a straight counter spell. But you also have the added choice of the anticipate plus one. Look at the top four cards. So I was really thinking about um, what lands I would replace the Urzatron lands with. And I came to the conclusion that we need mana fixing. And so I put Evolving Wilds and Terramorphic Expanse in the, in the cube, as well as dark steel Citadel. Since I already have InSoul Artifact for blue, it'd just be cool to have a 5-5 Indestructible turn two if possible in cube. And I was thinking about maybe putting Fetchlands in this eventually, but not right now. I don't want Fetchlands in the cube right now. And that's that's another thing with my cube. I'm never gonna put planeswalkers in it as well. Planeswalkers, while fun, it just seems like if you it always feels that you're at such a big disadvantage if you didn't draft a planeswalker and you don't have it, and especially if your opponent does. You know, and it's to me, I've just never been a fan of planeswalkers in limited, which you know they do happen, they do come out which is fine. You know, if someone if I'm playing against someone that does have a Planeswalker, awesome. You know, I've had many drafts where I drafted a Planeswalker and, you know, 130 or 40 for the night and boom, you know, it happens. It's just I kind of don't like them. I guess, you know, whatever. But um for Triskadecaphobia's replacement, I put I like this creature or this card here, this enchantment, it contaminated bond, which is one in a black enchantment aura enchantment. Enchant creature. So whenever enchanted creature attacks or blocks, its controller loses three life. So it is sort of like a pacifism in a sense, but it's it kind of makes your opponent really second guess. Like, do I really want to be taking damage right here? You know, let's just say I'm swinging in for four and they want to block. It's like, well, if I block, I'll only take three damage instead. You're still getting damage done. So I figured that that that's a good little mind twist, mind game for your um, opponent there. Um, and then what I replaced Goldforge Sentinel with it was Steel Hellkite, which is six generic, five five flying dragon, which you can pay two to pump it, and it gets plus one plus zero until end of turn. Or you can pay X and destroy each non-land permanent with converted mana cost X, whose controller was dealt damn combat damage by Steel Hellkite this turn activate this ability only once each turn which i feel is much better and more fun than goldforge sentinel so the red cards i replaced um explosive impact was replaced by open fire which is another hour of devastation card two and a red open fire deals three damage which is basically lightning bolt or lightning strike just one extra mana um i do not have lightning bolt in my cube and i don't plan on adding it i have shock instead yes lightning bolt is the better card but I, I I'm I don't want burn to be too too good. Alright, so I figured shock is a better replacement. And then Fiery Temper to replace spreading flames. Fiery Temper is another cost three mana. It's one and two red. It does deal 3 damage but I also like the madness aspect of it because I do have cards that care about the graveyard and do have some madness effects so I put that in there as well Um, I have not played the cube yet until um, since I have replaced these cards and I'm hoping to play some cubes soon so I will let you all know how it does I'm pretty excited I'm still trying to think of any other changes to the 360 right now but right now I feel like it's in a pretty good spot and I'm still working on the extra 180 cards, and I will definitely let you all know what those cards may be because I'm also thinking about adding some more multicolored cards, some two-color cards. Um, I'm, I don't know if I'm ever gonna plan on wedge or shards or anything, but we will just have to wait and see. So that's about it for the cube talk. Um, definitely have to thank Market Life Begins at 20. Ever since he came on the podcast and. Just started talking about cube. My God. It's it's very addicting. It's because like I won't touch my cube for a while, then all of a sudden it's just I'll play it or I'll open it up to start looking through cards and um just oh my gosh, so many new ideas and so many cards I want to add to it or replace, remove, you know, it's stuff like that. And then I wanna slowly try to foil it out too, maybe get some special promo cards. Um, getting there. Getting there, so just got to wait and see wait and see you know it's it's a it's a process so um the only decks that i'm trying to build right now and or that i've actually have built is my latest standard deck grix's bolus control i can't remember if i talked about it on the podcast or not but um this is just my list real quick that i have and i haven't brought it to FM yet i do plan on it and um not this week because this week going to Disney World with the wife. Cannot wait. So excited. Um, so just the deck list real quick. It's 26 instants. I have two abrade, three sensor, four disallow, two essence scatter, three fatal push, full four glimmer of genius, three harness lightning, two hieroglyphic illumination, three negate, two nickel bolus god pharaoh, which thanks to George, I was able to trade for him. Uh, 26 lands, Uh, Three Hour of Devastation, which I love the art on this card, by the way. Oh, I love it. Three Torrential gear Hulk. That's the main 60 cards for the sideboard. Sideboard is always going to depend on local meta as usual, but the sideboard I'm running right now is one Chandra Flamecaller, two Dispossess, two Dragon Master Outcasts, one Essence Scatter, one Negate, two Sweltering Suns, two Transgress the Mine, two Unlicensed Disintegration, and two Yehenny's Expertise. So boom, there you go. That's the deck I'm trying to build, and I'm enjoying it. There you go. Boom, boom, Shakala, You got told you got your face rammed in or something. So, all right. So this next topic here, and it's blown up on Twitter, as usual, like most stupid things on Twitter do. And I figured I'd talk about it because, you know what? This is my podcast, and you're going to hear... My opinion, opinion on it. Um, just hold on one second. Hold on, just pulling it up here. Now I'm not gonna edit this shit. You fucking crazy? Shit! How long you been listening to this cat? You don't even know that shit. Um, what the fuck, Twitter? Why are you being such a sack? Shit. Um. All right. So. Okay. So there's. People talking on Twitter, some hubbub. I'm not going to name names and who they are and whatever. If you follow people on Twitter, you probably already know anyway. So people are talking bad about the new unset, unstable, saying almost as if they're saying, you know, why is Wizards even doing this? You know, we're past this. We're not about joke sets. And, you know, the, the unsets from the 90s were, uh, product of their time and we've come passes blah 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 and it's like okay so me personally i have no plans to buy this set i'm not gonna buy a booster box i mean unless for somehow they come out with super awesome cards that are going to be actually legal in formats which which i think only the basic lands are going to be legal in sanctioned formats other than that, I have no plans to buy this, but that just means I'm not the target audience for it. There is a target audience for this, and even though I have a feeling that this set's not going to really sell at all, or, I mean, sell as much as, say, you know, Hour of Devastation does, which, of course, it's not going to, um, it just means it's not for you. I mean, th- that's all there is to it. You don't have to like every single product that Wizards comes out with. I know I certainly don't. I don't like every single thing they make. But, you know, don't try and shame companies and stuff for, you know, making said product where it's like, you know, just vote with your wallet. If they realize, hey, this unstable set sold terribly, and especially it's releasing during Christmas, you know, like, oh, I'd actually be kind of disappointed where I get. You know, I open up a present and it's a box of unstable, like, oh, great. Yippee, not excited. That almost be, I'd rather get coal. Give me coal. I don't want unstable, but you know, I'm like, I said, I'm not the target audience. I, I don't care. And you know, for people like trying to shame wizards or whatever crap, it's like, you know what, <laughs> just stop, just stop doing it. It's ridiculous. You know, the, the sales are going to matter what's most to this and, um, if it sells very poorly, it's most likely we're not gonna see another unset. And you know what? Oh well. So sad, too bad. I don't I don't really care. But it's just the fact that as usual, the magic twitter community likes to make big deals out of nothing. I think it's because and I really get the feeling it's because there's really not a lot to talk about with magic. Yeah. When you listen to other podcasts or see YouTube videos, it's all deck techs or you know, how to play certain decks and Talking about more decks and talking about new cards and, you know, other decks you can build and more decks and decks, which I, I get Mag- magic is a card game. So building decks is part of it, you know, I mean, a huge part of it. So it's always interesting to find new decks, but it's like, when you think about it, there's really not much to talk about with magic. So it's like every time there's this little bit of negative news or not negative news, but anytime that, you know, there's any kind of news of any sort or someone starting some stupid drama on Twitter, it becomes this huge hubbub because it's, and there's not much else to talk about. It's their spoiler season, then what decks or how standard is ruined again for the 800th time. And, you know, Hey, look at the cool latest deck. That's really about it. And, um, yeah. So there's that. Um, just wanted to talk about that real quick and yeah. So that's unstable. Like I said, not for me, but if you like it, go ahead, like it, do your thing. You do you. So another week has passed us by. And even though I didn't get to talk about it last episode, because we didn't play D and D, um, we had another D&D session. We lost two of our random players that I randomly met online that randomly wanted to play with me. And I don't know what happened to them. They just up and left. And it's, I mean, I, I figured stuff like this would happen. Because, you know, it's they're random people. You don't really know them. And it's, you know, I mean, I, I, I try to keep a, you know, pretty relaxed session when I am DMing. But um, it was just kind of like, well, what the fuck? I mean, if you didn't want to play anymore, okay. I mean, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to play anymore. But then some other guy just made up a ridiculous excuse like, oh, I got in a car accident and I can't play. And, you know, then just leaves the Discord channel like, um, okay, cool. Awesome. But whatever. So we just did our latest D&D session. It was Alec, his wife, Allie, and my wife. So I'm down to three players. And, you know, it actually wasn't bad. So they continued off in their dungeon and were, we're going around. And so they're wandering around the dungeon. They come across a werewolf that's chained up and they're just like, nope, screw this. Then they come across an enchanted bed, which I don't know if I want to say what the bed did since Alec is probably listening. But, you know, whatever. So the bed was going to put them into a very deep slumber if they were to get into it or even touch it. Um, <laughs> because as soon as, as the, the way I did, it was Alec described all three of them opening up this door to the room and they're doing it like mission impossible style. Like, oh, uh, you know, you, you know, you guys got my sixes and the mission impossible theme is playing. So as the door opens up, I described all of a sudden you se- smell a sweet aroma of, you know, your. A smell that takes you back to your childhood and makes you incredibly happy and then you see a bed in the middle of the room and alec is like uh detect magic he immediately wastes a spell slot to cast detect magic and sure enough the bed was enchanted i didn't tell him what spell it was going to cast but i guess i can say it since they're probably never going to go back to that place it was going to cast a deep sleep and the alchemist that was that was the bad guy they were searching for in the dungeon. Was going to find them, chain them up, and then a whole other series of events was going to happen. I mean, I-, I didn't have anything planned of what exactly was going to happen. If they had fallen asleep, it was just more of a well, you know, the it, this is what's going to happen if the, if it happens. I didn't plan for it; just all improvising, and that's what I love about DMing. It's all improvising. So, um, they bypass that room. They get to a room and come across five skeletons. Um, my wife burns up three of them with flaming sphere. And then, oh my God, Alex's wife, Allie, she plays a tabaxi rogue tabaxi being a cat like person. She's fucking vicious. I feel bad for Alec kind of cause she's like murderously vicious. So, so what I like to do with my players is when, when a bad guy gets, you know, their health and they're like. You whatever amount of damage they're gonna do to it, you know, is gonna kill him. I tell him, okay, describe how you kill it. You know, that's one of the things I like doing, and it sort of gives the players like a cinematic feel of, all right, well, you know, I take my hammer and smash his head up against the wall and rip his arms out and shove him up his face that or would have been his face. You know, whatever they want to do. Um, so I always like doing that. Alex' wife, Allie, Ali, she's um. She, she scares me because when so she was fighting skeleton and it was the last skeleton to be killed and she does enough damage to kill it. And I'm like, all right, so how do you kill it? She's like, I just rip its head off, <laughs> just completely stone cold, like, whoa, OK. All right, cool, cool. So then they go, they find um where the quote unquote final boss of the dungeon is, the alchemist, and he's got a bodyguard, a minotaur, which Freaking Alec called a pig, if I remember correctly. And that really pissed off the Minotaur. So, the, you know, the Minotaur actually did a number on them. And they. Was it the Minotaur that almost killed Alec, I think? And, um. Yeah, so Allie was, of course, the one who killed the Minotaur. Oh, shit. What did she say? Because the Minotaur was on its knees because Alec dealt a really damaging blow. Allie comes up behind and he's like, I just. St- go behind them and just stab them in the throat just holy shit that's vicious um not as vicious as the final boss the alchemist that they fought alchemist did a number on them too like they both um my wife and alec wasted all their spell slots they had no spell slots at all so the battle with the alchemist was a bit tough and then when it came time to kill the alchemist uh Ali dealt the killing blow and I asked her, all right, so how do you, how do you kill him? She's like, I just walk right up to him, take my claws and just rip his heart out and just whoa, <laughs> all of us were busting out laughing, but we're also like, whoa, holy shit. And yeah, that was, it was just funny. It was a really good time. So they, um, found out some more about the story that the conclave of warlocks, uh, that the alchemist was part of it. He wasn't a high ranking member or anything like that. And um, they find out that the conclave of warlocks are trying to summon the demonic hellfires of the world using pure blood, virgin blood to, um, you know, to appease the demons, to be able to come to this world and, you know, wreak havoc and destroy the earth as they know it, or the planet, whatever. And um, so they find some prisoners, they free them And, um, so they get out of the dungeon and this is where it ended for the night where they get back to their cart that had all their treasure and gold and the dragon egg they found was gone. And all their horses were Their two two of their horses were gone. So they're just left with a cart that just pretty much has nothing on it. And they, when they investigate, you know, the surroundings of it, they see a bunch of little cabal feet and candle wax drippings around the cart. So that is where the session ended off. Who knows what's gonna happen? Are they gonna try to follow the kobolds and their candle wax, or are they just gonna be like, "Fuck this shit, I'm out of here." Fuck this cart, let's go. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. I'm excited to. I'm excited to see what will happen though. So, um, I was actually really surprised to learn that Wizards of the Coast has a kind of like a friday night magic for D in a sense they call it the D adventure league which they call organized play and um i was actually pretty surprised to learn about this if if you're interested um definitely look up DD adventure league um it's it's very similar to fnm where you know WPN stores, Wizards Play Network stores can host D&D events um, for their written products. So it looks like some of the rules for it are you know, you have to go by the player's handbook. It's A a lot of it is, the one thing that kind of turned me off a little bit, and I, I understand why so they can control it, is they don't allow any homebrew stuff at all. And Personally, I love homebrew and I haven't really tried any of the pre-con adventures except Lost Minds of Fandelver. Um, it's I do understand why they're doing that and it makes sense. But what's cool about it that I really like is if you create a character for Adventure League, you that character becomes a sanctioned character and you can take it to multiple stores as long as you know the DND the DM allows it or whatever for the adventure they're playing. Um, I found that to be really cool and it looks like there's seasons that happen and um, just a lot of really neat stuff. And I was starting to read up about what the dungeon masters are able to do. And I'm not sure if I would like it right away because, like I said, you can only do pre-con adventures from Wizards of the Coast. And there's a lot of rules about, you know, oh, you can't do milestone leveling. Um, You got to do experience as it is written in the book. And, well... I mean, that's fine. It's like, like I said, I get it. I understand why reading it. It's just, maybe it's not my thing, but for someone who may not have friends that are interested in D and D or, you know, don't really like playing online and actually do want to do some sanctioned events and sanctioned sessions, you know, definitely look up your area. I mean, it's just like the same as the magic store finder where you just type in your zip code and, Oh, look, there's stores that do hold you know, D&D adventure league, it's definitely check it out. And, um, maybe it's your thing. I mean, I definitely want to try one of these as a player. I don't think I want to DM one of these though. Maybe not yet. Maybe if I get some of the pre-con adventures under my belt and un- can do them pretty well, maybe I'll do it. But no, I think, I think I'd enjoy playing it more because I do want to play d d as a player some more. The one time I did do it, it was not very fun. Well, that was because it was, that's a whole nother thing. I know I've explained it before on the podcast, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's something that I found really cool and everyone should go check that out. And it's, um, and you know, like I said, D and D adventure league, there's a lot of rules for it. Um, as far as players and DMS go, but pretty much just as long as you follow the official rules that are in the books, it's pretty much a raw at rules as written type d- deal so as long as you understand the rules as they're written then you're good and some people like that and you know it's it. like I said I was just a little disappointed to find they don't do any homebrew but I get it I understand because you have to record the sessions and log it somehow I don't know how they do it exactly Um, but yeah alright it is time for Magic with Zuby's first Q&A time alright I'm pretty excited about this and um I should have done this a long time ago. Like I said, the question of the week, and eh, that was weak. Question of the week was weak. Haha, <laughs> get it. Yeah. So Q&A time. If you out there want to ask me any questions, um, shoot it to me on Twitter, Facebook, Gmail, mtgzubi at gmail.com. Um, you know, all, all my info that you can get me at is on the show notes. So definitely feel free to ask me any questions and I will answer them as best as I can. So from John Judson on Twitter, he asked me, do you feel like some people who try to be active in the magic scene are shunned slash ignored because they do not have an in with an already established personality? And my first thought about that is that's almost the same in any kind of community. And it really depends on the community, of course, but like communities I've been a part of in the past, it's very apparent Starcraft very apparently if you didn't have an in with some of the top dogs some of the you know the old boys club we want to call it and you're pretty much not going anywhere um with the magic scene are you shunder ignored because you don't have an in with an already established personality um i feel like you owe it's a lot of and i say this as a generality with not just with the magic community but communities as a whole it's it's very clicky. It's very much being like in high school again, you know, there are nerds, jocks, the preppies and all that stuff, the popular people. And it's, it's very much like that. And if you somehow manage to make it in with the, top dogs then you've got a very good chance of being brought up by them and groomed by them and you know getting your content seen out there i mean i've seen it all the time with many people and like i said i'm not going to name names here or anything but um especially with the some of the top magic content creators in the community yes if you become buddy buddy with them at some point you will be as, as long as you follow their quote unquote unspoken code or whatever you you could be brought up and you know get it in with that in whatever popular group or whatever you want to call it i mean of course people will deny it but i mean let's face facts it's it's basically the same in every community there's always going to be the popular people there's going to be the people who feel shunned and it's all that stuff. It's the more or I guess the quicker, like once you become a content creator and the quicker that you stop caring about all that crap, the better off you're going to be in the long run. Because trust me, it's not worth it. It's not worth it because I've talked about this before in my podcast where I wanted to be in with the popular people. I want to be in the in crowd, you know, because, hey. You know, I I, I make a magic podcast and I can do what they do, too, you know, and I feel like I'm entertaining and all that stuff. And I want to be liked. I want to be on the mothership. I want, you know, Mark Rosewater to come on my show and, you know, you know, chew the shit with me or whatever. But, you know, it's 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 not worth it because you not that you you have to sell your soul. You have to put on this like fake persona that just doesn't feel like you. And if you're not you to your audience they're gonna know i mean i feel like people who have stuck with me for 76 episodes know the show has evolved and it's gotten to now where it's more of i just don't care anymore you know you guys are gonna like me or you hate me and that's that i mean if you like me awesome great you know let's hang out if you hate me awesome great let's hang out (laughs) not really but you know what i mean it's 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 there's no point in like worrying about it, you know, I mean, you're either going to be accepted or not. And it's if there's one person out there that likes your content, boom, you've won already. You know, you're doing great. So, yeah, I do feel like. You can be shunned or ignored if you don't have an in with an already established personality. And that's not just that doesn't just single out magic. That's any group. That's any kind of community group. So the next question, I'm going to butcher this name really bad. It comes from Maganista66 on Twitter. What are good ways for a multiplayer family to enjoy LGS play while maintaining a one-income moderate budget? Really good question. This has been the hardest question out of the three I have tonight, and I've been really thinking about it um, because... As maybe some of you know, I I am also a one income family. I have a good job um, that makes enough money where my wife doesn't have to work. and you know, we make it work. um, you know, currently own a house and a couple cars and all that good stuff. So, but <clears throat> as as you know, I do enjoy magic and magic can be very costly, so, the one thing that does help me supplement it is this podcast. So I'm not saying go and start a podcast and try to make money off it, but a good way for a family to enjoy LGS play. Um, I think it really depends on your LGS. Is it more of a competitive atmosphere or also what formats are you wanting to play too? If you're wanting to enjoy standard, um, your best way is to do budget decks. Um, thankfully, very, very thankfully Standard right now is pretty cheap. Um, Let me look at MTG Goldfish right now and just look at some of the meta decks that are going on in Standard. Now, of course, most of the time you're not going to want to build, you know, tier one decks, but let's look at blue red control 250 bucks for that yes that is pricey for a budget um mardu vehicles which is 308 dollars. yes that's pricey and then mono red aggro which is 134 dollars uh blue white monument 139 dollars though and while you know being in magic for so long when i say these are cheap they are cheap in the long run but for people who are on a budget these are not cheap So, if you're really looking for standard decks to play, you know, Saffron Olive has a really good um, Series for budget decks for, you know, standard, legacy, and modern. And, um, like I say, it really depends on what formats your LGS is providing, and that is popular a lot. Uh, For standard, um, your best bet is to stick with budget decks. And... You know, if you do happen to win store credit, maybe start building towards, you know, using that store credit to save up for, you know, singles that you want or anything like that. Um, if you're looking for commander, I mean, if you're really wanting to do commander, the commander pre cons are absolutely perfect to buy. Yes, if you are buying, you know, if you do buy the whole set of commander pre cons, you can buy them for like 120, 130 bucks. For like all five of them um, depends if you can find them anywhere it's that those are usually hard to come by but if you do find them those are great decks to start off with um, those are probably the only kind of pre-con decks that are out there that are actually worth their money because a lot of times they are really fun to play out of the box and also they're very upgradable uh, most intro decks for standard are not very upgradable at all. Like the planeswalker decks, they're kind of they're kind of bad. But um, and that that's always something that's tough in Magic because you're you're really gonna be limited on what you can do depending on how much money you can pump into it. And that's actually something that has come up that I've seen a, another person asking me, you know, like. You know, people talk about, you know, sexism and racism and, you know, being inclusive and diverse and magic. But what about the classism that does exist in terms of people who do pour a lot more money into this game are obviously going to do better in the long run because they're going to be able to have those tier one decks going to be able to play those really expensive cards in all the formats where people who just are casual about it, but are competitive, they're never going to be able to, you know, hand, you know, be able to withstand those tier one decks. And that's, that's a really tricky subject because there's really no easy answer for that. You can't just say, Hey, on FNM, we're only going to allow decks that aren't over a hundred dollars. That's just unrealistic. No, one's going to come to that. Um, and, it's, you'd have to pretty much change the whole dynamic of Magic in terms of, you know, get rid of booster packs, get rid of the randomized packs, and that that's that's not going to happen. So, what can you do if you're a budget player is just really, you know but there's budget decks there's a lot of creators that do budget decks and some of those budget decks can be really awesome and fun to play but when it comes down to it if you're wanting to be competitive in sanctioned formats especially higher than FNM you're going to have to spend money for it i mean that's just that's just the reality of the situation and it sucks you know cuz sometimes You know, you look at the money that you've spent on magic cards and just come to realize, like, damn, I've wasted so much money on, you know, some decks when just in the long run, it didn't really matter. And, you know, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with playing budget decks, a $20 deck. If you have a lot of fun with it, good for you. That's awesome. Um, And, you know, if if you really want to continue at LGS play, see if your LGS would ever do a paper popper tournament or something or try to drum up some interest. Um, There's the Magic League where you get one of the free welcome decks and what you buy a booster pack or something and add on to it every week. You know, th- those are pretty cool. Um, There's there's just a lot of budget options out there. It may not seem like it all the time because when you go to FNM, you're seeing everybody play the tier one decks and it's, it's kind of it's it's almost kind of disheartening in a way because i've been there i i know how it feels especially like going to legacy tournaments and all that and i'm bringing i went to a legacy iq i know i've talked about it. i brought uh mono green stompy and everybody's playing you know freaking Grix's delver and miracles and all that other crap spending you know thousands of dollars on their deck and i'm like i spent about 50 bucks on mine so <laughs> you know whatever but yeah that that would be the best bet is um you know, maybe, maybe try to, if your LGS isn't as cutthroat as some of them can be, you know, the budget decks, you may have more fun with them. Um, you know, look up Saffron Olive. There's budget MTG decks on YouTube. Really cool guy. Um, makes a lot of good videos. I'm total MTG is another one who makes good budget decks and just check them out. And, you know, and also if you want to build a tier one deck, don't be afraid to do it, but, you know, look at budget replacements for it, like Blue Red Control. You want to go Blue Red Control, but can't afford the Torrential Gear Hulks. Um, Kefnet could be a answer for it, or Sphinx of the Final Word could be, you know, a replacement for it. You know, just because you see these Tier One lists and you want to play them, but you don't have all the cards. And brew a little bit, you know, I mean that I've done that plenty of times, I'll look at these tier 1 decks and look like, well crap, I don't have this card, this card or this card, and I gotta spend X amount of money on it you know, let me see what else may be viable with this kind of deck and build it from there you know, maybe spend a little bit of money on cheaper versions of those cards and boom, there you go a um, lot of options it's tough, It's there's definitely a classism aspect because the more money you pump into the game the higher chance of winning you are going to have and it's tough it's tough it's it's and there's really no easy answer the only way to really fix it is you'd have to change wizard's complete dynamic and model and i just don't see that happening so the last question of the night is from mtg spotlight definitely go check out their youtube channel and subscribe they make a lot of cool videos i like them um, he asked, if you could own any card in foil, what card would it be? And he said, I would pick Charging Badger. So, if I could get any card in foil, I, I mean, I don't know if this is a cliche answer or anything, but I'd probably pick uh, Gaia's Cradle. And I already have a set of Gaia's Cradle, and I would just love to get them in foil. Like, if hey, if anyone out there has a foil Gaia's Cradle and they don't want it and they want to just give it to me, send it my way. Hit me up. All right. But it would just be one an awesome card to have. And, you know, just make people when I am playing Legacy Elves, it's like, oh, man, a shiny Gaia's Cradle. Oh, you know, kind of make them jealous a little bit. You know what I mean? And so that would probably be the one card I'd want to own. So that's it for the podcast tonight. I um, really liked all the Q&A questions I had. Um, definitely keep sending them my way, and I'll keep asking on Twitter for them. Really been enjoying this. Um, if you want to ask me any questions, shoot me an email at mtgzubi at gmail.com. Hit me up at Twitter at Magic with or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Magic with the show can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Be sure to rate and review, subscribe, tell all your friends about it. Um, smash that like button. I'm on YouTube to YouTube.com slash Zubatron. Um, on the Guna Geek Network at GunnaGeek.com. On Podcast Radio network.net every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And I'm probably forgetting something, but I just want to thank you all for listening. And have a great night. All right, everybody. Bienvenue. it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now, we invite you to relax. Let us pull up a chair, as the Gaming Room proudly presents... Magic the Gathering Play how game, play our game, put your strategy to the test. Get the playmat and the deck box out and we'll provide the rest. Count to spells and big bombs and please forgive the smell. Try some legacy, it's expensive, ask the players, they're apprehensive. They can sling, they can cast, after all this game's a blast. And Commander here is never second best. Go on, unfold your play mat, get your deck box, then you'll play our game, we all game, play our game. Sorceries, enchantments, planeswalkers represent We'll prepare and sling with flair a gamer's cabaret. You're alone and you're scared, but the draft pod's all prepared. No one's gloomy or complaining while the owner's entertaining. We tell jokes, I do tricks with my fellow derelicts. And it's all in perfect taste that you can bet Come on and lift your mat You've won your own free pass To play our game If you're not lame It's magic casting, we suggest Play our game, play our game, play our game game. game. Life is so unnerving For a gamer who's not observing He's not whole without a game to look upon Ah, those good old days when we had time Hey fanboy Brian Suddenly those good old days are gone Too long we've been rusting Needing so much more than adjusting Needing exercise, a chance to use our skills Most days we just lay around the game store Flabby, fat, and lazy, you walked in and oops a daisy. It's a game, it's a game. Sake's alive, well I'll be lame. Pod's been formed and thank the lord I've had the playmats freshly pressed. Afterwards, they won't E DH, that's fine with me. While the players do their choosing, I'll be plotting, I'll be brewing. I will form a big board, heavens sakes, is that a sword? Clean it up, we want the patrons impressed. We've got a lot to do, is it one game or two? We'll play our game, 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 play our game. Your commander's kinda lame. It's been years since we've had anybody here, and we're obsessed with your debt, with your dress. Yes, indeed, this is witchcraft. While the candle lights still glowing, let us help you. We'll keep going. Game by game, one by one, till you shout enough. I'm done. Then we'll play some magic until you digress. Tonight you'll prop your feet up, but for now let's beat up. Play our game, play our game, play our game, game. please play our game.